Today I'm uh, concluding this five-part series of sermons entitled Living the Five. And in this series of sermons, we've been taking a look at some of the foundational principles of Christian life, principles like we cannot do life alone. We are created for relationship, and we need to be in relationship with other Christians who help us to stay on track with our faith. Principles like how it is that when we're growing in our faith, uh, there are changes coming to our life as God's doing this great work of, of forming us into the full stature of Christ. Principles like how it is that... What was the next principle? Anybody remember that one? Okay. Um, that saved people serve people. Took me a minute to remember that one, sorry. <laughs> Save people serve people. Servanthood is the way of the Christian life. We're always seeking to be a blessing to other people. And the fourth principle, found people find people. How sharing our faith with others is an expression of our love that we have for the people who are around us. Today we turn our attention to how for Christians worship is a way of life. And as such, it kind of pulls together all of these principles that we've been talking about throughout this series. And so with that, let's begin with a word of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So what comes to your mind when you think of worship? Coming to church on Sunday? I mean, that's a part of it. Although, just because we come to church doesn't mean we are worshiping. I mean, if somebody sleeps through the whole service, does that count as worship? Okay. Just checking now. Okay. Not that, you know, I, you know, I have a problem with people sleeping. I, one of the former churches that we served, there's a wonderful woman named Irene Devereaux, spelled the same way as our name. We were certain that we were related. And she's pretty elderly. She'd come to church, and every Sunday she'd fall sound asleep during the service. And every Sunday after the service is over, she would come through the greeting line, very apologetic. Pastor David, I don't know why. I just can't help it. I keep falling asleep. And I'd always tell her, it's okay. I'd rather you be in church asleep than home all alone, right? So we understand that sometimes, you know, people can't help but fall asleep. I mean, I've listened to my sermons. I've fallen asleep in some of them. <laughs> but if we sleep through the service, does that count as worship? People come to church for all sorts of reasons. We know that. Certainly God knows that too, right? If you're sitting in church today, thinking through all of the wagers you placed on today's game. <laughs> you may be able to check off a box for being in church on Sunday morning, but I don't know if that's going to count as worship. Because worship isn't a place that we go. It's something that we do. And this is something that Jesus taught about. We hear a little bit about that in the story a little bit of the story that we heard from John chapter 4, that wonderful story of the Samaritan woman at the well. And during the midst of their conversation, the woman starts talking about how worship is a, is a place you go. She said, I understand that you, that you Jews worship God in the temple in Jerusalem. 
But Samaritans, we worship God up on the mountain. Remember what Jesus says? Time is coming when the place isn't going to be what's important to folks. Because worship isn't some place you go. It's something you do. You do it in spirit and in truth. Now, as something that we do, we can worship anywhere, right? Although I am not suggesting that it's unimportant to come to church on Sunday morning. I've had people tell me that they can worship God in nature and they don't have to come to church. And when I ask them to describe what that worship looks like, it ends up sounding an awful lot like taking a hike or playing golf or going fishing with their buddies. And while there's nothing wrong with any of those things, they don't count as worship. Because worship is something that we do. It's something that we do as we focus our attention upon God. In the end, worship is all about God, about our relationship with God, and about us expressing the love we have for our God. That's the heart of worship, focusing on God, our relationship with God, expressing the love that we have for God. And that's what we try to do when we're together here on a Sunday morning. We sing our hymns of praise as our voices join the voices around all of creation. And our praise rises up to the creator of all that is. We sing our love and our praise for God. Here we, we listen. We seek to listen to what God has to say as we attend to the reading of God's word, maybe even through the sermon. We pray as we talk to God and listen to God. We give of ourselves. We give our money, not just to support the ministries of the church, but as an act of devotion, a statement that there are things in life that are more important than money, like our relationship with God, like caring for other people. Even the boring announcements that we make are an attempt for us to think about how we can extend our worship beyond our time together on Sunday morning. In worship, we seek to focus on God, our relationship with God, and to express our love for God. And we do that on Sunday mornings here. Whether you're in the sanctuary or you're worshiping with us online, we have gathered together as a community, and as a community, we are living out these foundational principles of Christian life even as we are lifting up our voice in praise to God. We gather with one another because we know we cannot do life alone, even in our homes. We turn our attention away from the sound of our own voice to listen to the voice of others to help us focus in on what God has to say. We cannot do life alone. And we know that as we gather together in worship, God's going to meet us in this act and help us to start to grow more and more in our faith, our lives. They're being 
changed. It's, this is the place where we, where we think about, make commitments about how it is that we can serve God and serve other people. And here we practice sharing our faith story. So we're prepared to, to share it with folks that we know in our community, greater community. Here we worship as we live out our faith together. And as we do, God meets us and grows us. One of the things that I have learned over the course of my ministry is that as we grow in our faith, our understanding of worship changes. I mean, maybe you've experienced this in your own life. Maybe for worship today, for you, worship means something different than it did years ago. Because as we grow in our faith, so too we grow in our experience and understanding of worship itself. One of the ways to think through this is to, to remember, uh, you know, as Methodists, our doctrine of grace. And I talk about this all the time because it's so central to our faith and who we are as a people, the ways that God's grace is at work in our lives. Remember that word grace? It means the love of God in action in our lives, whether we know it or not. God's love is at work in our lives. We experience that grace in lots of ways. We experience it as provenient grace, that grace that comes before our awareness. It's God tapping us on the shoulder. It's God trying to get our attention. It's God trying to woo us. It's conscience, the sense that there's a right and a wrong. There's sense that, there's that sense that there must be something more to life than meets the eyes. It's God working ultimately to bring us to our knees that we recognize we need God in our life. And in this time of provenient grace, worship is a time of searching. It's a time of longing. And it's good. That's what worship is, and it's good. But at some point, provenient grace prevails, brings us to our knees. We call out to God for help, and then we experience what we call justifying grace. It's God standing us back, standing us up, let me say that again, standing us back up, dusting us off, and heading us in the right direction. It's the forgiveness that comes when we confess our sins. It's the beginning of the Christian life. And when we start, first start off in the Christian life, worship for us is a time of learning. We're seeking to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And maybe we mix in there some gratitude because God has done some things for us in our life. And so we are grateful. But little by little, God grows us up in our faith. We call that sanctifying grace. I talked about this the second week of this series of sermons. How it is that when we become Christians, we accept Christ and we set out on this journey, we set out carrying with us all that we know, the stuff of our former life. We pack our bags full of our brokenness, full of our bad habits, aware of forgiveness, that we're seeking to follow Jesus and we set out to follow him. And this sanctifying grace of God, little by little, starts unpacking those bags, healing us of the deep wounds that life has brought, helping us to recognize habits that need to change. And through it all, we grow up from infants to maturity. And in this sanctifying grace time, worship begins to change for us. It grows into this 
hunger and this thirst for more of the things of God. Even as we grow in our desire to simply express how much we love God. Worship. All of this grace that we experience, it's growing us to to that place what we call Christian perfection, where we love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. We love our neighbor, even love ourselves, And being defined by that love, worship increasingly becomes simply an expression of this profound sense of love that we have for our God. It becomes a way of life. Worship doesn't have to be something we just do on Sunday morning. It's something we can do every morning. It's something we can do on our way to work or while we're sitting in the doctor's office. It's something we can do in our community groups or in choir or in Bible study. It's something that we can do while we're hiking or fishing or on the golf course. Because every moment is alive with the possibility of expressing our love and gratitude for God. And that is worship. So here we are, the people of God who've gathered to worship. Some of us, we come with a deep longing and a searching. Some of us come wanting to learn more about this life of discipleship. Some of us come with hearts filled with gratitude that we just want to thank God. Some of us come with this deep hunger and thirst for more of the things of God. Some of us just want to tell God how much we love God. Here we are, the people of God, gathered together to worship. And to bow down. And to say, you are our God. And you're all together wonderful, all together worthy, all together beautiful. Here we are to worship. Now, as we worship, God is always responding. Remember that. God is always responding to our worship. One of the ways that God responds is here at the table. We call it a means of grace. God's response. This invitation to our lives. And so we turn our attention now to the sacrament of Holy Communion. 